Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from our Pensacola studios, and I am joined uh, virtually by Brandon and Walt, who are going to share their stories and their business with us today. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I'm going to let you two introduce yourselves. Uh, Brandon, by all means, take it away. Yeah, so I'm actually the president and founder of Out of Dust Marketing and Communication here located in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, where we're headquartered. And basically, we're just a a full-service online marketing and a a traditional communication agency. So we um, specialize in everything digital marketing from SEO, social media, email marketing, pay-per-click ads to uh, communications as in, you know, PR and um, owned and earned media. So that's kind of our specialty and um, everything that we do um, is completely um, customized for a organization. And, and right now we're primarily focusing on um, larger nonprofits, um, you know, music entertainment industry, and and definitely a lot more uh, in the author kind of you know, specter, uh, influencers, um, speakers, things like that as well. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for being here again. Yeah. All right, Walt, that's all you. Okay. I'm Walt Morey. Um, my business is called Core Business Solutions. I'm a business coach and consultant. It's my own practice. I provide business advice that really does work. Think of me as a business gardener. I take new businesses, plant the seeds of them, and get them to grow. And I work with current businesses and grow them to another level. Uh, I've been doing this for 11 years, and I love it. It's really a lot of fun. Um, what sets me apart from many other people in my business is I tend to be my client's accountability partner. I hold them accountable to the plan we put together so it gets done. And core of a business is really, it's why the name of the company is core. We work on four areas, marketing, sales, operations, and accounting. Are we measuring the right thing? As I typically find that those four areas are working well together, the business is profitable. And that's what I do. Very I'm cool. Walt Morey, I'm a business consultant and um, certified by the Institute for Independent Business. All right. Well, thank you for being here again. Well, I appreciate it. My pleasure. So, uh, okay, Brandon, so I want to know really what kind of got you into this line of business? What, what got you started here? Yeah, believe it or not, um, when I was in college, um, I had actually went to college as an architect major. And during that time, kind of learning how to create things and present things, I ended up finding uh, a need at the campus to create this social network. And um, so I went to the dorm room and in, in between doing projects for architecture, I was kind of self-building a website that ended up becoming a, um, turning into a company that was um, actually given an angel investment. And and long story short, um, after three years, went through a little bit of a, an acquisition, a little merger acquisition and um, was able to kind of work through that. But during that timeline of kind of going to college, starting a company and, and really working on the full ins and outs of marketing, PR, and really building that platform, I kind of rediscovered what my real kind of desire was of, you know, originally going to school for architecture. I just love to build things and I love communicating and, and creating a, a space that people enjoy and, and really creating that um, type of social interaction. So um, obviously after the merger acquisition and kind of some of the things that I did there, I was really um you know, just kind of going back to being on my own again and really helping organizations grow um, through marketing and communication, just seeing something come from nothing, essentially created out of dust, right? That's kind of what the name comes from is seeing how we could really breathe life into organizations 
and take something and take something from a concept or something that already exists and really, you know, bring it to life, if you will. Yeah. Very cool. So why the uh, music and entertainment industry? Yeah, you know, so it's funny. I've always had a passion for music, right? Who doesn't? But um, one of the things that, you know, we would we were seeing in the music industry was the traditional approach to marketing an artist is to, you know, hire agents to go out and literally just pitch radio singles to radio stations where you may or may not even get those on the radio. In the same light of that, you've got great platforms such as Pandora, Spotify, YouTube, and social media in general, that's just creating a platform for even unsigned independent artists to get their voices heard. And so with that being said, um, you know, we've been able to provide a really neat opportunity as far as, you know, using and leveraging artists that are either signed or unsigned to really expand their reach, um, including, you know, creating really creative uh, pay-per-click ads for Facebook and Instagram that are driving fans and potential fans to their Spotify channels or YouTube channels where, you know, we're growing streams, growing their views, um, subscribers. And overall, we're seeing uh, a reach of, you know, anywhere from the, you know, high eight, you know, six figures between 700, 800,000 people being reached a month to the millions, which, you know, obviously you can't guarantee that spending thousands of dollars on someone pitching radio singles. So that's kind of one of our recent uh, discoveries and, and kind of entryways into the music industry. And why do you think you're having such good success with that? Like what's, what's different about that than the traditional ways of trying to reach airplay? You know, number one, I think it's, you got to know your audience and the audience that really listens to music today isn't listening to radio as much as they are just socializing on social media and discovering people that way. So I think what has really made us successful is number one, we start by really understanding who the audience is based on data, not just who you want to attract. So everybody wants the big radio hit. Everybody wants the big, you know, uh, music or whatever it is. They just they, they have this ideal kind of audience fan in their mind. But the reality is that's not always the case. Right. So by doing a, an analysis or an audit of an artist's brand and their audience in general, we're able to pinpoint exactly who to reach so that every dollar or every click that is that is paid for is, you know, completely intentional and strategic. And so uh, on top of that, how are you, how do you, I guess, what's your metric? Uh, I hear clicks and and audio people listening, but how does that end up converting to monetization in the long run? Because ultimately that's, that is the goal, correct? Is to make some money. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you've got YouTube monetization, Spotify monetization through streams. Facebook recently started doing monetization on content. Um, You know, that's a starter. And then that's obviously it's ultimately, it's a really good kind of momentum builder for, um, you know, you could get TV things, for example, you start becoming discoverable by, you know, producers and directors that are looking for a great theme song for their next show. Or you do start getting labels that are like, wow, who is this person? Right. Who's this artist? And this sounds good. And now the deal gets sweeter. And, um, you know, it, it opens up the doors for lots of different areas, you know, and, and number one, it's, it's all about building momentum. So but again, directly correlating to sales, you know, luckily, you know, platforms like Spotify, while, while, you know, you do have to get a lot of streams to really make decent money, um, you, you know, you are able to make decent money from YouTube and Spotify if you're creating content that's that's worth sharing and worth engaging. Okay. And then, so how do you suggest for those that, that may be listening to be uh, proactive in this, in this industry or in this, just in this genre, whether it's music or just content in general to actually uh, make something out of it? 
Yeah. So I think that's a good question. I think, you know, kind of not trying to isolate music industry, I think in general, whatever organization you are, I think number one, it starts by, you know, understanding your identity. I think before anybody can really be effective in communicating who they are or what they do, you have to understand your identity as an organization, an artist, an author, whatever that may be. Okay. And from there, once you understand your identity, which would include, you know, what you do, how you do it, it's understanding who that person on the other end is and where do they exist, right? So building a really uh, strategic plan that's not templatized, that isn't based on robots and algorithms, that it's really intentional. And then from there, it's all about being proactive versus reactive, meaning a lot of people wait for something great to talk about rather than thinking about what's happening in their lives or what's happening in the, in the world that would create a bridge for creating content related to that, right? And being more proactive and thinking about, number one, content in general, and then when and where and how. And then finally, I think um, it's all about building and sustaining meaningful relationships. I think, I, I know, one of the things I've seen um, is a lot of people get so hung up on algorithms and robots, making sure you post this much. You know, I think to us, the, the, the name of the game is really, you know, create content worth sharing. That's, that's it. Simple, right? And and, under, and make sure you understand who you are. And if you follow those steps, you're, you're bound to be successful no matter who you are or what organization you, you're a part of, whether it's nonprofit, professional service provider. If this, this formula should apply to you no matter who you are and what you do and in what industry. So, okay, so if, let's just say I'm somebody who um, hasn't created any content yet and, and I want to start doing that. What are some of the things that I need to look for to, to find meaningful content? Like what is considered meaningful content? Can I just go out there and do whatever or do I need to have some kind of game plan here? You definitely got to start with a game plan. I mean, again, go back to an assessment of, of your of your services and and look at what other successful organizations or companies are doing. You know, find out what what really works. But then, the other part of this, you, you really can't answer that question without really measuring your your data. So we utilize Google Analytics is a heavy one we use. We we also leverage you know LinkedIn Insights, um, you know Facebook Insights you know, Instagram, whatever platforms we're monitoring, they all have a, a, you know, either a basic or robust version of, you know, statistics. And I think if you're monitoring that, in addition to creating a plan, you can measure what content performs the best, right? So, you know, before, you know, obviously when you're, if you haven't created content, I think the, the most important thing to do is a self-evaluation and an audit or an assessment. That's what we would typically start by doing is an assessment of, you know, what, what content, could you produce, you know, let's look at some of your competitors and let's see some of the stuff that really sticks for them. And then over time, you know, you keep pointing back to did that work or what didn't make it, you know, what didn't work about it. Right. Um, and, and from there, you know, again, just being proactive in the sense of what is your content matrix look like? And one, one of the things that we pride ourselves on here is every one of our, um, you know, clients do get a custom content marketing matrix. And obviously it's a, it's a pretty neat tool that we've created that helps all of our clients create content, you know, that's strategic and it's a great way to start if, if you're an organization that has no idea where to even begin. Right. And do, so do I go for all the platforms at once or do I just pick one or, you know, do I do two or three? How's that work? Totally depends on what you're trying to communicate. So if you're a, you know, again, business coach, for example, I think you're not necessarily, you, you might not want to focus on Instagram as much as you want to focus on LinkedIn, Right. If you're a, you know, an artist that is attracting 
the you know young kind of kids. You're you're a Radio Disney band, for example. You may want to start focusing more on Instagram and Twitter and some of the platforms that we know that the youth are there. So I think you have to just really do your research on the numbers. Like where do they exist? Right. Like if you're a networking event or you're looking to meet new people for your business, you don't, you know, you choose those networking events based on who is a part of those things. So you have to, you have to adopt that same mentality in, in digital platforms. Like, you know, I know, I know they exist on these platforms because this is, this is what, you know, I see when I'm there. Right. So uh, I got a question. So Walt, do you, uh, do you operate anywhere in the digital space with, with content, with your coaching business? Yeah. One of the things I do work with a lot of clients on is their social media and Brandon's absolutely right about content, content, as I always tell my clients, content is king, but engagement is queen and the queen runs the house because <laughs> you're not, creating, you're not creating content that people want to share, want to engage with. It's a waste of time. They're just going to look at it and say next, because there's so much out there. If you think about it, how many marketing messages we all get of any kind, whether it be on social media, TV, radio, on your phone, whatever, there's marketing messages coming at you in all directions from all different types of media. So you've really got to learn to stand out. So part of that is creating content that people want to share or engage with or comment on or just like it, whatever, any kind of activity like that, that draws other people's interest. For instance, when other people don't truly understand the power, the power of social media, how viral it is, if, if I see someone who shares something and I get a little note in my Facebook page or my LinkedIn page that somebody's liked this or shared it, and I respect that person, I might go look and take a look at that content. Okay, otherwise I wouldn't have seen it. So someone by clicking on that, that like button or that share button, all his contacts he's connected with on that platform know that. And that draws some of them to that. That's how you grow your, your base, your audience, and all of that. And it's all, it's, it's still, no matter what anybody says, it's always going to be a numbers game. You want to connect with as many people as you possible, as you can with any of your marketing. But it's all about content. He's right. And it's, it's a content that creates engagement. That's really key. Yes. So that's something I work with with my clients as well. Because, and it's, it's not only that platform, but all platforms. If you're doing like I, a lot of my clients, I work with them on uh, appreciation marketing and even video marketing. We do that type of thing. We want to make sure the content is something, something that's interesting that people are going to engage with. And that's really key because and you use that to keep your brand in front of people. What I've discovered is over the years is that, in fact, the Direct Marketing Association came up with this statistic. But typically any month that a brand doesn't get in front of their, their current customer, they lose as much as 10% of their influence with that customer. Every month they're not in that brand. They don't get in touch with that brand. Yeah, that I, I would agree with that. I think you, you have to be in the forefront uh, almost every day to stay relevant. Don't you think, Brandon? Exactly. Yeah, and I think that that's also another thing that we hit on is that, you know, you, you also need to make sure you're measuring, you know, under communication versus over communication, right? There is a balance between how you, how long you, or how often you communicate. We, you know, typically with our clients, depending, you know, it just depends on different organizations, but we try to recommend some of the, you know, some of our organizations to make sure you're not doing something more than once a day where, you know, again, some people believe you need to be doing two to three times a day where you have to give yourself an opportunity to let things catch. And um, sometimes organizations need to give a runway between the day. Right. And it just really, really depends. And, um, we've seen, you know, specifically clients come in where they were posting two to three times a day, 
And we've, we've even like drilled it back to three to five times a week and have seen one to two to 300% increase in reach and engagement um, that with that model. And they're always surprised, like, well, why? And I think it's the, it's the, I don't, you know, again, I, I go back to the algorithms of robots. I think if you focus on that, as, instead of just thinking about how somebody would want to hear you in person or in public, it's no different. Social media is just a digital platform to be social. So you wouldn't act like that. If you are acting like that in real life, you're probably not going to have a lot of friends because the first thing they're going to think is, God, this person only cares about themselves. Right. Right. So you gotta, you have to really think about communication as you would think about it in the real world, because Social media is the real world. You know, it's not it's not this fairy tale land. And there is a there are a lot of fake, you know, profiles and fake activity kind of taking place there. But again, that stuff is so um, it's so identifiable, right? It's it's you can hit you can see it and you can smell it a mile away. So you have to just be very, very careful about over communicating and, and definitely under communicating. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So, so let me ask you this from, from uh, the other side of the spectrum. So when you all are looking for, uh, and this is for both of you, uh, but when you all are looking for, uh, possible leads or new clients or new business, how much of the content matters, uh, that they're putting out for somebody that you may approach to, uh, as a lead or as a, as a, uh, new business associate. And, uh, yeah, either, either one can go first. <laughs> Um, well, when I look at it, consider a client, um, first of all, what I look for is, you know, what are they, what are they doing now? I look at their social media, I look at their website, I look at everything that they're doing. I look them up on sunbiz.org to see how they're organized, this type of thing. Um, but really and truly, I don't make any prejudgments because a lot of times they may have someone else doing this marketing that they're doing and then maybe unaware of what's going on. That's a, that's not unusual, particularly in a small business. Um, Cause the guy where he's so, a sole proprietor wears so many hats, he does, he's hard for him to keep up with it. But um, so I don't look at that necessarily. I look at, you know, what they're doing so I can sit down and say, this is what I see you doing. You'd be surprised about half the time I am. I didn't know I was doing that really. Um, so, that's what I look at in terms of a client, but I don't really make a decision whether I'm going to work with them until I spend some time with them and see who they are, what they're about, and what they're looking for, too. Because one of the things I, I tell them right up front, just like I said in my, my opening, it's I got to tell them to set the expectation. I'm going to be your accountability partner. Whatever we put together, expect you to be working on the plan, you know, plan your work, work your plan. And um, otherwise, it's just not going to work for us. So they got to be coachable and all that type of thing, but I don't make any prejudgments necessarily, but I do look at everything that they're doing, try to find out, you know, everything I can find in the digital space, as well as what I can see anywhere else and get referrals. I'll look them up, see if they get any, you know, any recommendations on any of the platforms out there. That's kind of what I look at. Very cool. And Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so we've been fortunate, you know, you know, in our in our few years of business that we haven't had to really do a lot of outside sales yet. Um, and and mostly due to the fact that, you know, I think the best form of business comes through a, a referral. I think that that at the, at the end of the day, from a sales and marketing standpoint, I mean, I think all of this communication and marketing content we talk about should be really aimed at, you know, letting other people speak for them for yourself. Right. Like let them like talk about you. So less about you, more about them. And so we've been really fortunate there. However, 
when we do find, you know, referrals that come through or whatnot, some of the things that we do look at is their content strategy. You know, first thing we'll do is look at when was the last time, you know, or say we do see an organization that does communicate a lot and we, you know, we may think, well, they don't need help, right? Usually what that look, what we'll do to kind of determine that is when was the last time they had a media hit, right? Or when was the last time they updated their website? Um, in their content, do we notice anything that's kind of signifying that they may or may not be um, super proficient in what they do? And that's kind of the, the key factors that we look at um, when doing that. Um, but it's, it's hard to tell because it's kind of misleading. You know, I think everybody knows how to use social media, right? I, I don't think there's a person out there that lives on this earth that, you know, even my grandparents that are, you know, over 70 years old are on, are on social media and they're killing it, right? They're using Snapchat, which is crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, with that being said, I think every, while everybody can do social media, not everybody knows how to maybe do it the right way. Right. There you go. That's right. Yeah. I would agree with that. Definitely. Right. So, okay. So, so how do you, uh, how do you go about, um, getting new business then? And I always ask this question to everybody because it's always good to hear other strategies, um, especially for, for people that are in the, the coaching, obviously in, in the marketing, uh, world, uh, do you guys drink your own Kool-Aid? Do you, you know, is there some secret trick that you guys have, but uh, you know, how do you get new business and leads? Uh, are they all referrals or is it, is it relationships? Like, what do you, what do you think is your major contributor? My biggest, uh, well, I'll tell you this, statistically, I get uh, 60% of my clients and 40% of my revenue from networking, networking events uh, and meetings that I go to here locally, um, that it generates me a lot of business. Um, and so I do that. I go to at least one networking meeting a day um, because you, in my business, or I consider in, I think in any business, if you're gonna market it, you can't meet too many new people. And it's all about, for me, being a consultant and really having someone to allow me to come into his business and give him a a frank appraisal, that's a big emotional thing for them. So I've got to really build a relationship. And so I'm always out there building relationships with people in the networking world. And that works well for me. Uh, And again, like I said, it generates 60% of my clients. But the other thing that I work that works real well for me is LinkedIn. I have a little over 23,000 connections on LinkedIn and I'm well known in the market and so forth on LinkedIn, but I, I connect with different types of, of businesses in different cities because I'll work online with Skype and so forth. I have, I've had clients in Texas and California, had one in Brazil recently, um, New England, it's all over the place, but majority here, but I do a lot of work over the, online as well with clients and that works well. And they're usually larger clients, but uh, that's how I find the majority of my clients. And then, the rest of it really comes in from my from referrals of my current clients. So I'll say that probably out of the 210 clients I've had over the last 11 years, um, I'll say that at least 100 of them have given me some kind of referral to a, to another client. No, oh, that's good. That's a great ratio. May not have worked out. The client, you know, he may that person may not have given me, a, you know, turn out to be a client uh, for whatever reason. But, you know, I'll say at least half of them have given me at least one referral. And I know one has given me, he gives me about one every quarter. It works out pretty well. But um, so between networking, referrals from my clients and, and LinkedIn, that pretty well fills my bucket. Yeah, so I think for me, um, as I stated earlier, while we're a young company right now, we've been fortunate to, I would say, 95% of our, our business has come from referrals at this point, 
um, we do drink our own. One of the things that I really, really focus on is I, you know, I could use the excuse that I don't take care of my own self because I'm too busy taking care of others. Discipline, right? Um, I think you've got to, you've got whatever you practice or whatever you preach, you have to practice, right? So we do our own SEO. We do our own um, PR. We do our, we do our own advertisements on pay-per-click ads. We do email marketing. Um, and a lot of that has generated, you know, we do get leads often through social media. We get leads often through SEO, just Google searches and, and things that we do. Um, now with the referral business, you know, this is where I think everybody kind of should hear this message that, you know, if you focus so much on outside activity and not, you know, designating a lot of KPIs or, you know, key performance indicators on your current, you know, clients, what, like what touching points are you setting up for your business? Um, you know, I think you're missing out. So I think we're monthly meeting with our clients, right? And I don't, it, it, whatever that looks like every month, there's a touching point where we're in person with these, with these organizations, some of them are weekly, depending on, you know, what type of client. And that has a given us like, you know, the opportunity just to naturally turn those into networking meetings where every meeting, I feel like we're getting some type of, Oh, I just had so-and-so, um, lunch with them or breakfast with them or coffee with them. And I told them about what you do because you stay on the forefront of their mind and you become so integrated into what they do on a day-to-day basis that they can't not talk about you when they meet other people. Right. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a good point. So, and it's same with you. Well, it's uh, staying top of mind with everybody. And in order to do that, you kind of have to be out there and, and, uh, in All the time. forefront. Yeah. Well, um, uh, Brandon, if anybody's interested in, in, uh, getting to know more about you or finding out about your company, where can we send them to? Yeah, definitely. The first place would be out of Pretty simple. Um, I'm always open to connecting with people on LinkedIn as well. Um, I, you know, I definitely leverage LinkedIn just like you do Walt. And, uh, outside of that, those are probably the best places to kind of learn more about what we do and obviously learn more about me as well. Very cool. All right. We'll stick around. We're going to learn a little bit more about Walt. So, uh, Walt, if you could, how did you get started into all this? Ah, uh, boy, I was uh, before I started. I've been a uh, little over thirty years uh, in corporate America with companies like M- uh, MCI, MetLife, and Raytheon, and a lot of small local companies here. Everything from uh, selling uh, phone cards to uh, job services to a PEO, professional employment organization, selling paycheck services and so forth. I've done a lot of different things. And uh, back in April of 2008, I was having a drink with a good friend of mine, CEO. And I was complaining to him, this company I worked for, you know, it's these guys, you know, it's always cover your butt and they don't want to take risks and so forth. He says, I got to go out and be a consultant. I thought about it some years before, but I just didn't take the step. So anyway, we talked about, it. I said, oh, maybe, maybe down the road. About a month later, an institute for independent business out of Watford, England, calls me and saw my resume on, on on Monster at the time, and said, you know, you're the perfect guy for what we're what we have and so forth. And they invited me to a wine and dine thing for half a day, and I went. It was great. I walked away, and this is the end of June of 2008. And so, um, wasn't four days later that I went on the Monday for the event, and I saw my was seeing my, uh, the owner of the business uh, doing a normal Friday review. He says, well, you're doing great. We took us from one million, from one million to three million in, in revenue because I was uh, managing a call center at the time. You're doing great, uh, but here's your severance check. My son-in-law is taking your, your position effective Monday. Have a nice weekend. After the anger and so forth, 
jumped up and down all that. I said, you know what? One door closes, another one opens. I'm going to jump in with this this uh, consulting thing and jump in. And I'll be honest, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's the most enjoyable because when I work with a client and I see that what I call the aha moment, the light comes on, they say, oh, I see how I should be doing this. And I start, start finding success with my advice. That's really, really huge. And it's really, really a lot of fun. So um, that's how I get into the business, kind of kind of bumped into it, really. Um, just, you know, necessity at the time, I had to do something. And there was, that, was that, uh, that opportunity, and I jumped in. And 11 years later, here I am, still doing the same thing, living the dream, and I love it. It's fun. You wouldn't That's believe. You wouldn't believe how. Or maybe you would, but but how many stories I hear that are a lot like that, where where something completely you know blindsided somebody and they didn't expect it coming, and next thing you know, it was the next best thing that that could have happened to them. Um, yeah. It's it's yeah. quite a theme uh, around the world. I can promise you that. So you are not alone. But uh, um, what do you? Uh, I guess are, are you doing anything to produce content? And if you are, what what is that? And what's working for you? Uh, well. I do a lot of things in terms of content. I try to focus on, for my own business, uh, I focus on some video content. I produce a couple of different videos of different situations. And I post those on my social media and I blast those out to my clients. Um, and it's usually a tip on marketing. It might be a tip on sales. It might be a tip on, uh, for. I might put a tip out there on new business, on uh, for new client, new new people in business, because what I find in uh, the biggest mistake that new uh, business owners in business mistake is they have a strong tendency to overpromise and underdeliver, and when they do that, they really shoot themselves in the foot. So I work. Uh, so that's some of the content, but it's always related to business issues and concerns because small business people, and it really doesn't matter what business you're in. If you've got running your own business, it's the toughest job there is in this country because you're wearing a lot of hats, doing a lot of things. And I always tell my clients, do what you do best and outsource the rest. If you're not good at something, hire someone to do it for you. Don't try to do it yourself. If you want to learn it, that's, that's important to you. Fine, but learn it. Learn from some of the best people. But if you're not going to take the time to do that, you know, out, you know, do what you do best, outsource the rest, and find the best people. And that's what I try to do with my clients is to find, help them find the best people for instance, one client, we're trying to find a good construction superintendent. Hard to find in this market, you know, unemployment is way, way down. So the best people are probably working. So we know we're going to have to lure some, somebody away from another company. So we'll focus on that. But the point is, is that, you know, there's a lot of business owners that really struggle with what do I do? What do I do? Do I, they want to be the ultimate Murray and be the ultimate do-it-yourselfer and do everything themselves. That's typically a mistake because they're generally going to mess up. Because uh, they, they have to realize that they don't know everything about everything. It'd be nice to know all this, but who's got the time to do all that stuff and do it right? So yeah, that's, that's really the, the one of the things that I focus on. That's why uh, the tagline to my business is to get your business to the top, just get off your bottom. <laughs> and the key for that is because I'm telling them I'm, you're going to have to do the work. I can't do the work for you. I'll work with you, but I'm not going to work for you or you know. Uh, just do everything for you. You've got to step, step up. It's your business, not mine. I'll help you with it, but I'm not going to do the work. You have to do the work. And yeah. once they get that and they find success with it, it's, it's pretty easy from there on out. 
So, well, and I think you hit on it. I think that's one of the hardest lessons uh, for business owners to learn is to do what you do. And, and like you said, outsource the rest. Uh, I know myself as a business owner, that took me a little while to go ahead and just accept. Um, sometimes it's just accepting yeah. the fact that you can't do it all, even though you want to. Um, and letting go of yeah. control. I think control is a big thing that uh, business owners have that sometimes holds them back. Yep, I hate to give it up. And, you know, give you a perfect example. I had a client who's he loves to answer the phone. He's at a, the time when I met him, he had a six hundred thousand dollar business. He's now approaching five million, but he's um, he loved to answer the phone. And if it was a new customer, and they say, you know, can I get a delivery? How soon can I get delivery? And no matter what it was, they say, yeah, we'll get it to you today. Not looking at the delivery. If there's a driver available, even having a truck available, forget the product. You know, just he would make the promise. And nine out of ten times. The customer service, uh, the, the girls in his office right outside his door, by the end of the day, have to make a phone call to that, that prospect and say, sorry, we're not going to be able to deliver today, maybe tomorrow, end of the day, because he just promises. And it's gotten him in trouble. So he went on vacation. I took his phone off. When he came back, his phone was gone out of his office. Phone rings. He's looking for his phone. I said, I said, well, he says, where's my phone? I says, it's gone. You don't need it. You've got six people out there that answer the phone. That's what you pay them to do. Let them do their job. And that's about, you know, doling out that responsibility, you know, letting other people do what they're supposed to do. You don't have to do it all. And boy, it taught him a lesson. He sat there. He was mad. He was mad at me. <laughs> where's my phone? And he was mad. And he said, you know what? It made sense. It made a lot of sense. Now he put the phone back in, but he doesn't answer it anymore. He learned his lesson. He, he understood the difference. And, you know, I kept, because I, I gave him back the stats. He says, every time you answer the phone, you cost your company X amount of dollars because now we got to call that customer back and take back the promise you gave them. Yeah. How does that look on your company? That's not how you want to look. But suppose someone did that to you. Right, yeah. You know, so and you put it in dollar amounts. That's, that's, a, exactly. that's a good I way to. The numbers that, you know, you know, when you do that, 60% of the time, we're gonna, you might, you're probably going to lose that client, that prospect, because you made a promise that you couldn't make, you couldn't, you couldn't deliver. Yeah. You can't do that. So you always, I always tell them, you always want to under-deliver and over-promise. Do you, tell uh, them, oh, I'll get it a day or two. If you get it today, wonderful. You're a hero. If you get it in the morning, great. You're still a hero. You know, under-promise under, under and under-deliver. That's the only way to go. So uh, do you find yourself working with uh, new businesses more or existing businesses? Which, what's your greater clientele? Uh, it, it, it changes. Uh, right now I'm working with one, two, I've got nine clients and I'm working with currently five are new businesses and four are current. So and it runs about that. Sometimes I have more or less, but probably 50, 50. Um, but I have the most fun with the new businesses because it's really fun seeing the new business, see their, their business card be produced and their brochure and their website, all the marketing stuff comes together. They start doing networking, whatever the marketing activities are going to do. They start getting success with that. Um, I'm working with a marketing consultant. She's about to land. She started uh, first of January. She's about to land her fourth client uh, this week. And, uh, you know, that's kind of fun to see them grow and get into learn what they have to do to make it happen. Yeah. It's, it's really, really fun. Any particular but either way, either way it's, it's, it can be successful either way. The whole key is, the whole bottom line is, are they coachable? Are they willing to do the things necessary to be successful? And sometimes it's not fun. It's not fun. Well, yeah, and sometimes they just they don't want to be told what, kind of what they need to do because a lot of times they just don't want to come to that realization that they need to do it. I completely understand exactly. that. Do you, it's any, like networking. I've got, got clients that, you know, 
I say, you know, whatever networking events you're going to you're going to commit to on a weekly, monthly basis, whatever it is, once you commit to doing it, do it, you know, and stick with it because it takes time for yeah. people to refer you. They have to know, like, and trust you. And if they don't, nothing's going to happen. So you've got to keep going and going till they trust you. They get to know you. And hopefully you have a one-on-one with them and learn how you can help them with their business and what's not to like about that. So now they like you and you're going to get referrals. Yeah. So any certain vertical that you work in that's, that's stronger than others or does it matter any type of business? No, it really doesn't matter. All businesses have the same problem. One of those players, it's sales, it's marketing, it's operations, or it's accounting. They're measuring the wrong thing. I talk to new businesses and when they get started and so forth and, I says, how are you so are you successful? Well, I've got money in the bank. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're successful because you got money in the bank, you know. And a lot of them, they just run, run it out of the bank account. As their bank account's positive, they think they're successful. And that's not, not, typically, that's not the case. Right. So you got to look at other things. So they're usually measuring the wrong thing. But All right, right on. So, uh, Walt, if anybody's uh, interested in finding out more about you or your company, where can we send them to? Okay. Uh, the website is corebizbizsolution.com. That's my website. Uh, or they can find me on LinkedIn as well, Walt Morey, um, M-O-R-E-Y. And they'll find me on LinkedIn. Everything's there that they need to connect with me. I'm in uh, Pinellas Park, Florida, just outside of Tampa. And uh, I, like I say, I work with clients all over the country. And uh, they can call me uh, they, from the website or contact me from the website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Great. Well, I want to thank you for being here today, both of you gentlemen. We are getting to the end of our time here. But uh, again, thanks for spending some time with us. Stick around for a second. Let me get us out of here and I'll uh, give you the rundown when we're done. So guys, you can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our website at businessradiox.com or on our live stream at businessradiox.live. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. Thank everybody for listening today. My name is Keith Hilbert. This has been Pensacola Business Radio. You can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter, Picola BRX on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn at businessradioxstudios.pensacola, or you can find us on Instagram at Pensacola Business Radio, or on our websites at businessradiox.com, or on our live feed at businessradiox.live. If you are interested in being a guest on Business Radio X, please visit either one of our sites or our social media sites to find a link to book your appearance. This has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters.